0: Thank you for listening to this message, brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 11. Well, this is awesome weather, isn't it? I feel like a meteorologist a lot of Sundays, but um, this, is, this is terrific. You don't need the air conditioning, you don't need the heat. It's, it's wonderful. We're probably saving over $75 on our energy costs just in one day. That's, uh, that's good news. And uh, so keep, um, oh boy, a lot of things going. I mentioned a lot of prayer requests in Sunday school. Because I mentioned Merit's moving up here in about a week. Uh, really happy to hear that Commonwealth Baptist College is going to be singing for us. They're here on a Thursday, so it's you know special, uh, that's a week from this coming Thursday, and uh, that should be really good. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, so in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. The title of today's uh, sermon is, um, actually I don't know what's on the screen. I have something up there. I have two titles. The main title is, there you go, Hopeful Anticipation. I got them both up there. There you go. Boy, I'm so, so proactive. <laughs> you know, funny thing, I did that. I should remember that. But we're talking about hopeful anticipation. I was thinking about faith, faith. So faith, faith is a steadfast confidence that, the, faith encompasses a lot of things. Obviously, the primary application of faith is our faith in Christ, believing things we haven't seen. But it's uh, what we believe, uh, if it's biblical faith, it's solid and it's steadfast, don't have to worry about it, and God's in control. And as we apply that to our lives, in whatever situation it may be, what it gives us is a hopeful anticipation. In other words, there are many times when we address situations that are pretty challenging. It could be uh, health is always a big challenge, finances are a big challenge, a lot of you know, think of jobs and, and all those kinds of things It'd be really, really unnerving. and it's. And we're affected by it. I don't mean to say that we're not. I am, you are, but our faith, when it, when it demonstrates its power, gives us a sense of hopeful anticipation. In other words, I don't know how this is going to work out, and it may not even work out the way that I want it to, but God's still in control, and I know this is going to work out okay. It's a sense of hopeful anticipation, seeing what God is going to do. How is he going to work this out, and it leads us with, again, the subtitle is a solid trust in God. That no matter what comes, we trust him, no matter what comes. And I was reading through Psalms just a couple weeks ago, and uh, just time after time, David, a man after God's own heart, would say things like, you know, the, my enemies overwhelm me, they're more than me, they're mighty against me. This is when the Psalms are being written, and he talks about the joy he has in his soul, and his faith in God, and that will deliver. And he's writing these things, not just Psalms, but throughout Scripture, We see this message of joy and hope and anticipation being written at times that if you look objectively at what's going on, you say, it kind of stinks right now. And there are some times in life, and I don't mean to be so uh, blunt, but there are some times that we look around and we're going through some situations that they're not so good. And they're not very pleasant. And it it happens, it happens, it happens, it happens. But through it all, we maintain this hopeful anticipation. God's going to work this out. He's got it all in control. We we know it with our lives. We we're, we're testimonies of this in so many ways. We would take individual accounts just with the people here today. We give account after account of how God met the need, directed us through, led us when the way was dark and it seemed as though the waves, so to speak, were choppy. Yet somehow we all got this far. Somehow God led us through. In Hebrews chapter eleven, verse one through six. We see, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. It was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the time we have in your house today. Lord, as always, every day, every time we open up the Word of God is a blessing. It's a day which we 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 pray would give you honor. We give glory unto your name. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for each one here today. And Lord, we pray that the Word of God, as delivered by the Holy Spirit of God, would accomplish your perfect task in our lives. Lord, help us to be ever so sensitive to the things of God, to thirst after the things of God. As a heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Lord, what a great heart position that is that the psalmist talked about. Lord, we ask you had blessed this time together. We thank you, Lord, for it. We pray, as always, that if there be any here today that have not yet repented of their sin and trusted Christ as their Savior, Lord, we pray that this would be the day of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for every opportunity we have to share the gospel and for the power of the gospel. It's a more greater and nobler effort and ministry that we can be involved in than than anything else that the world may have to offer. Lord, we ask you to bless this time and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to pause for just a minute because I had announced a couple weeks ago that I wanted to uh, take some testimonies. If you've had Anybody have a, an opportunity to, to witness, to share it with anybody in the last week or so? I know it's kind of spur of the moment, but, uh, you know, we want to encourage one another to love and to good works, and so anybody have some good witnessing or uh, maybe not direct gospel, perhaps in some other way? Brother Mike, is your hand up? Oh, microphone. Okay. I don't know if we're going to get any hands up, but get the microphone ready. Anybody at all? All right, we're going to be taking testimony time in Sunday morning service, so think about it, and uh, what a great opportunity it is, but uh, uh, okay, so hopeful anticipation, and the first thing we look at in this text, now Hebrews chapter 11 is the New Testament Hall of Fame of faith, what we see in here, many accounts, we could read the names, we're not going to go through every case study in this chapter, because there's a lot in here is everyone is a case study of someone who acted upon what God said. They act upon faith, not by the circumstances that they saw, not by their own abilities or resources, but they act upon faith. And because of their response by faith, they are in the New Testament Hall of Fame of Faith. And we see, we off the chapter, and that's why we start in the first six verses, is we see faith established for us. They get kind of the parameters, I guess, so to speak. And the first thing we see in verse 1 is faith defined. So what is faith? Well, the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So substance, substance is that which prov- provides a foundation for something else to be built upon. That's what substance is. It talks about a foundation. Faith is a substance. Faith gives us the reason, it gives us the platform, the foundation, upon which we can build other things, our lives, ministries, gospel ministries, whatever it may be. Faith is a substance. Faith faith is intangible. If I was to say to you, how much faith do you have, you probably wouldn't say, somewhere between a quart and a gallon. You probably wouldn't say that, because faith isn't mentioned in those ways. Faith is not tangible in and of itself. It's, it's immaterial. It's, it's faith. It's something you believe in. It's not something that you have it's tangible, measurable, and so on and so forth. But faith does an incredible thing in our lives. It makes us do things that are tangible and measurable. I was reading a prayer letter from uh, Zach uh, Russaw, I think I pronounced that correctly, a church planner up in New Hampshire, and he mentioned how in the month of April he had knocked on, I think it was 125 doors in that town, kind of a rural area, the house are kind of spread out. He said his goal is for May and followings to knock on um, a minimum of—I think he said 100 doors a week. I checked; the, I think it was 100 doors a week. Well, 100 doors a week—you can measure that. You count them off. There's one. There's two. There's three. There's four. But why did he do that? Why does he want to do that? Faith—that immaterial item that can't be measured or seen produces an effect that absolutely can be measured and seen. It is the substance of things hoped for. It's a platform, it's a foundation for something else to stand on. Why, I mean, every, I, I think about every time we, we go to church, we probably have some neighbors who look out the window and they see us pulling out of the driveway Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night and they say, where are they? Oh, they're going to church. Well, you know, that, that's a really small testimony That's not exactly flaming evangelism, right? (laughs) You remember Kevin, right? My brother in law, he went home to be with the Lord about six years ago. (laughs) Got so many funny stories with him. One of them was, we were talking about witnessing, and he said, I witnessed to somebody. I don't know if he was on the bus or at some program. He said, "I, I witnessed to somebody today. I said, You did? What'd you say? He said, I told him you were a pastor. for you, man. That was terrific. Of course, you know Kevin. We love him. Can't wait to see him again. It's going to be terrific. Um, But faith does that. Faith makes us, takes it, it's something that's immaterial and puts into action something that is measurable. So it's that which becomes a foundation for another thing to stand on. And and when it says no, faith is a substance. It gives us a platform, the foundation for other things to build on. It's the evidence or the demonstration of things not seen. Faith, again, immaterial, demonstration of things not seen. What do we do? Well, we, we might take, I don't know if I have one up here, I don't see one, a gospel track. We've got lots of them out in the rack. Jim Kobacco uh, is doing a great job maintaining that. We've got these hope flyers, these door kind of things, thicker paper that we use. Uh, these, are all, these are all demonstrations. What are we doing? We're, we're telling people, we're demonstrating to people the things that we believe in. The inevitability of the judgment seat of Christ, for instance. It's inevitable. I don't care if you believe it or don't believe in it. It's inevitable. You might not believe in Monday. Well, chances are it's still coming tomorrow, Monday. Judgment seat of Christ. The evidence of things not seen. The demonstration of things not seen. They haven't seen it yet. They need us to tell them. We may be the only Bible some people will ever read. Now, it shouldn't be that way, but that is the way it is. And So faith satisfies our soul. When we act in accordance with our faith, it's we're we're in uh, we're in collaboration with the Spirit of God that He works in us to do the things that are pleasing in God's sight. And when we demonstrate these things, faith is the substance of things not seen. The evidence of uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It, it it changes our lives. It changes our lives. The faith we have in the word of God, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and God the Father, takes us from where we were to where we are and where we can be. And By the grace of God, along that way, we're going to be able to take other people by the hand and show them the same Savior that we know. And we do it by faith. I haven't seen Jesus. Have you seen Jesus? I haven't seen him. Not in that physical way. Man, I've seen him move so many times. I've seen God move tremendously so many times but I haven't seen him with my eyes now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face so we see first of all in this chapter on faith faith is defined it's a substance of things so forth it's immaterial in and of itself but it gives us a platform by which it translates into something tangible something that's measurable we have we have four or five boxes of measurable things sitting downstairs on table we need carried out to the car after church Every month, we send out support for our, our missionaries. They have tremendous reports of, of churches being planted and people being saved, and that's measurable. It's substance. And it all came from them, something that was not measurable and doesn't have substance. That beautiful, precious commodity, item, treasure called faith. So, faith defined, verse 1, faith demonstrated, verses 2 through 4, it's demonstrated. It says for by it by faith the elders obtained a good report through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of god so the things which are seen were not made of things which things were not made of things which do appear by faith abel offered unto god a more excellent sacrifice than cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous god testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaketh so faith is demonstrated when it says elders, like in, in verse 2, for by it the elders, is talking about uh, the, the, our spiritual ancestors, our, our forefathers, so to speak, the, the patriarchs, the prophets, uh, the men and women of God who went before us. And, and by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Abraham had a big household. He had a large entourage. He was probably a wealthy man. That's not why we look up to Abraham. That's not why Abraham's a great man of God. Moses was very high in Pharaoh's court, of course, and he left, and he went, and why, why are they great men? Because of their faith. That's what really made them change, and when it says, talk about the elders obtained a good report, it's amazing. I came across this in preparation of this. Uh, what have you read about Adam, Adam and Eve in their faith? Hmm, not a lot. I haven't read hardly anything about it. There's not almost one word concerning Adam and his wife. There's no good report concerning them, not one word of their repentance or faith or holiness, none of that mentioned. Now we do believe, I generally believe, and I don't think it's challenged, that that Adam was, uh, was a believer, Adam and Eve uh, most likely were believers, but we don't hear any testimony of their faith. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that they don't have recorded in scripture that good report that so many others have? It may be because Adam's rebellion against his maker was too great too glaring a violation to ever be mentioned with honor or respect again. That's really interesting. I'd never thought about that before. But no great mention of, a- of Adam's faith or of Eve's faith. I believe we'll see him again. I believe they're on the other side, but the rebellion, it, it got in the way. So we don't have a testimony. We do have a lot of testimonies about so many others. We have, uh, of course, Abel, Cain and Abel. Uh, Abel had uh, offered up a more uh, excellent sacrifice. We'll get to that in just a minute. But through faith. So here we have faith. In verse 2, for by it, faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, based on what God has said, we understand that the world's reframed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now you get into this, that naturally lends itself to, to a discussion of creation sciences. I'm not an expert of it I, on it. I, I love reading about it. I love to read you know, science. Everybody says trust the science. The ever-changing story of science. It used to be there was no big bang because material cannot be matter cannot be eternal. Then there was a big bang, and then well, where did that beginning stuff come from? And this was kind of thorn in the side of the uh, evolutionary cosmologists. Where did that beginning stuff come from? Did the big bang happen? Now they've got a, another theory on that. There was nothing. And if you take positive energy and negative energy, the net is zero throughout the universes. Now they have universes. Because one isn't enough to back up their silly stories. So now they have universes. And they say something really did come from nothing. They have no explanation on how that happened, what caused that uh, quantum fluctuation. We won't get into it, I can't explain it that well anyway, but that's kind of what they get down to. They have silly stories, ever-changing always modeling in their undying effort to get the fingerprint of God off of all that is created. God made it. We know it. We know that it all came from nothing. We didn't need scientists with their ever-changing science, unchangeable science that always changes to tell us that. The Bible says very clearly, we understand that the world's were framed by the word of God, so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Something came from nothing by the word of God we understand that by faith. And by, by the way, friends, it's the most, objectively, it's the most solid explanation. It's the only explanation, we know that. But just giving some credence to the other side, it's the most solid explanation that, that, that exists. And I, I feel badly for the scientists that, that trip over themselves, trying to get away from any recognition or attributes or giving any credence to God in that which is created. It's a silly and, and a vain experience. It's terrible. I, 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 feel, I feel very badly for them. So in verse three we see that by faith we understand these things to be so. Isn't it amazing? We got the kids down in junior church right now. They probably have a greater understanding of the way everything came into being than the professors at the at the greatest colleges in our area. It's amazing. You know, never let go of the faith of your childhood. Simple, biblical faith. Oh, well, times will come, and you'll be challenged. You go to a secular college or you're in a secular area, arguments may be made. They all fall away. And the faith of our childhood, the faith in the word of God, will always stand forever. And that will never change. In verse 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying his gifts of his gifts, plural, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Now what's interesting here, came across this, I, I don't remember ever reading this before, but there's a pretty strong argument that Abel, now we know Abel offered of his, uh, his flocks, he was a herdsman, so it was an animal sacrifice that involved the shedding of blood. Cain was a farmer, and evidently he had brought a sacrifice. Abel, it's argued, brought actually more than one. Cain brought up his fruit of the ground. It's, it's kind of like uh, it's, it's just like a meal offering. It's an offering, and there are meal offerings, weed offerings, wave offerings. These exist, but none of them are good without the shedding of blood. The burn offering that, that signified a a total surrender of oneself to God is where the animal is brought into the temple or the tabernacle, wherever it may be. The animal was slain and the blood was shed. And that's the foundational one. The, the sacrifices of blood are the foundational ones. That's what Abel offered. And, and there's pretty good argument. He offered up more than one. One as an offering of his sins, another an, an offering a, 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 of worship. And Abel, he was a shepherd, a feeder of the cattle. And so... He brought of his own flock a sin offering to God. Cain didn't do that. Cain brought an offering, and it wasn't in violation necessarily, and I don't know the whole story on this, but by what we can see, it wasn't violation by itself, but it never addressed the main topic. It never addressed this idea of, of, sacrificial, of a sacrificial death, a vicarious death, that blood must be shed for the sins of men. It never, never covered that. And so God said... I'm not receiving that offering. Cain could have offered it. He could have said, oh, Lord, you're right. I, I didn't understand. I, I thought this was going to be okay. I see it's not, and so I'll do the right thing. No, he didn't do that. He got his pride kicked in. He wound up killing his brother. You know, God's justice and mercy uh, cannot, cannot tolerate um, incomplete sacrifices. He wants all of us. And so uh, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness, he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, gave record, and responded to his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. And so we have faith demonstrated. That's, he demonstrated, that's faith. These men. We have the elders obtained a good report. You know, there's so many of them. The, again, the patriarchs, the prophets, the forefathers. Go throughout the Old Testament, you a multitude of examples of people who obtained a good report because of faith. None of them flawless. and This is a really important uh, aspect to remember. None of them flawless. But by faith they obtained a good report. They gave, they gave God the glory. By faith, things they believed, they acted. And by acting, they give substance to the things that were one time uh, uh, intangible. So it's faith demonstrated. And then lastly, we see faith delivered. In other words, faith delivered them in verses 5 and 6. So we read these things. Let's just pause for just a moment there. We read these things because what we want to demonstrate in our lives, we, we all want to be uh, men and women of faith. Now, a, a man or a woman of faith, if I was to ask you how would you define a man or a woman of faith, we'd probably say something along the lines of, well, that's, that's a person who based upon what God has said, what they understand God said, their faith, they believe certain things to be so. Regardless of the circumstances which are in, they believe it to be so. That's why it's called faith. We don't follow by our sight. We follow We follow God by our faith. And so walking by faith, so men and women, we want to be men and women of faith. We want to always maintain this hopeful anticipation that God's going to work out his perfect plan in my life, Through whatever storm I may be in or somebody else is in, we have this hopeful anticipation that God's in control. And every single one of us, I I think I can say safely, is in some way a testimony that that's exactly true. How many times have you you ever been? Let me ask this. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought, oh, no, this just isn't going to work out well? Right? We've all been there. It's tough. There are tough times. And, you know, sometimes, in all honesty, sometimes that particular incident, it doesn't turn out well. It doesn't turn out the way that we want it to. But what we see as we stand back and we look at our life is that God's always been there. He took care of us, and we have that hopeful anticipation, that faith, that God will continue to take care. And in verses 5 and 6, we see how faith delivered them. Again, it wasn't their own devices And uh, I like what it says over there, and I think it's Isaiah chapter one verse eighteen, where it says, "Come now, let us reason together," saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow; though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He says, "Come now, let us reason together. Let's let's think about this." And so, as we as we serve the Lord and as we go through life, we use our our plans and our talents and our capabilities. Nothing wrong with that at all. But the bedrock, the substance, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That bedrock has always got to be our faith. What does God say about this? How's he leading in this? In verses 5 and 6, it says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. It was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, it's amazing. Enoch was translated... You, this is such a, a beautiful picture of the rapture. You know, God took Enoch. It just, it's a demonstration he can do it. He took Enoch, he took Elijah with a chariot of fire and whirlwind, and it's amazing. So Enoch was translated, and I've heard it said, and I think it's probably true, that one day Enoch was walking with God, and God said, oh, you're far enough away from home, why don't you just come home with me? And God took him. I, I can't imagine what that was like. I can imagine in some ways, but something like that had never been done before. Enoch was translated. God had translated him. He took him up from this mortal to immortality. For before this translation, for his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Boy, he must have been—he must have been an incredible servant. That out of all the people on earth at that time, not less than than there are now, it's a much smaller group. But he took Enoch. Enoch's the one that he took. He must have really loved the Lord, don't you think? And because of his faith, he must have had the the sense of unwavering trust in God. Simple, sincere, and complete. And it just pleased God so much, he said, why don't you just come on home now? What a testimony that was for others that were left behind at that time. Where's Enoch? Well, maybe somebody saw it. There's no story on this, you know, but he's gone. What happened? We know in Scripture... We see God translated him. I can't help but believe his contemporaries knew what happened to Enoch. And maybe they said after he left, something along this line, like, I can understand why God took Enoch. Because of his testimony. Before his translation, he had this testimony. He pleased God. Pleasing God. What a great demonstration of our faith. And then in verse 6, and this is a very practical. If there was nothing else you listened to in the sermon today, verse 6 is really sufficient to for God to speak to our, our lives to really do what he needs to do, because without faith it's impossible to please him. Even as a believer, okay, we believe in Christ. We've repented. We've trusted Christ as Savior. Born again person, right? But still, it's possible to operate without faith. When without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So not just a saved person, but someone who diligently seeks him. That he that cometh to God. It, it's our duty to follow God. It's our duty to worship God. And, and we follow him, again, not based upon our own you know, senses and sensibilities, our own planning, even our own desires. But we follow him because of faith. Because of the things he told us. I, I, I'm, I, I think about it a lot, what it's going to be like to really see him face-to-face. You know, I'm, maybe none of you are there, but I'm over halfway there, easy, right? And someday soon, I believe someday soon we're going to have the rapture. I don't know when it's going to be, you don't either, but boy, the signs are just so clear. And God uses that to just provoke us and just say, are you ready? I've given you signs, I've given you, and, and I mean in a condescending, corrective manner, but God has given us so many reasons to say, you know, boy, it's, it's really coming soon. And I think, what's that going to be like on that day when the rapture really happens? Or when we have our individual appearing before God by way of, by way of death, the common method of, of all the saints before us. What's that really going to be like? And I, when I think about that, I don't think about the things I've done. Because we serve the Lord, many of you serve the Lord in a lot of different, areas. We have different ministries at church. There's things done outside of church in service of the Lord. Spontaneous acts of faith that Christians will do in, in various manners. When I think about meeting God, I don't think about those things. I really don't. We can't hold those things up and say, oh Lord, look at all I've done. right? Because Are we any different than the religious person then? I don't think so. I just think about that time when I'm going I'm to see him face to face and he knows us for who we are. He understands the thoughts in our head, the things we've done, the things we've said, all those things, and yet he still loves us. And I want to stand there, and I know you do too, with the shortest account I can possibly have. Sins confessed, turned from, the sincerest possible life we can possibly have in preparation for that day. See, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he has rewarded them that diligently seek him. Now, if there's one thing that we want to be It's just so important. No matter where we are, no matter what our our calling is in life, our specific calling, because they're different, the common calling of all of us to serve God, to love the Lord, that God, with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, that's a common calling of everybody. Nobody's exempt from that calling. That's what God wants of every single one of us. The application, the the specific calling, they'll differ. You know, pastor, business person, missionary, mom, dad, whatever it may be, they'll vary. But boy, oh boy, we just want to hear well done and understand that it's, it's our faith. And sometimes the best thing we can do to get the essence of what that faith really means, applies to our lives, is to resort back to that childlike faith, that simple trust in God. He is our Heavenly Father, He has absolutely everything in control, and I trust Him. We have that hopeful anticipation that God's in control. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. God is in control. He always has been, always will be. <clears> There's <throat> so much to be thankful for. He's demonstrated himself to be faithful, even in the many times when we're not, when perhaps our our, our, our thoughts and our, our plans might get in the way of, of God's, times when our desires would would try to lead us in a way, away from God. He's always been in control. Let's just embrace that childhood faith, childlike faith, love him, be in that place where, where boy, we'd, we'd like to be a little bit more like Enoch, one that pleases God. Pleasing God is measurable. It's tangible. And so, brothers and sisters, how are we doing that? In what way could we grow? But let's please. Now if you're here today, and I, I know in this room today most people have trusted Christ, definitely been born again, but you know, sometimes sometimes it it's been a little bit of a show and we wonder about it. Am I definitely saved? Well, if not, you know, today's a, a wonderful day to get it settled. You know, God God's word has told us that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that Jesus is the one and only sufficient savior. He paid for the sins of the whole world. The whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's so whether that message is for us or to deliver to someone else. It's a wonderful, wonderful message. We're going to stand and sing a couple of verses of an invitation song. Lord spoken to your heart. Come as we sing We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC's Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org/the-gospel.